It's Jarvis Leatherby here from the heavy metal band Night Demon, and you're watching CMS TV. That is a band called Deeth featuring the one and only David Ellison. What do you think of that, Eric? That was pretty heavy, man. <laughs> that was the antithesis of the uh, Kenny Olsen song, wasn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> we went from one extreme to another. Now, David will be with us in a second. I just texted him, and he's running a couple of minutes late, but he will be here in a second. To, I have a uh, Dave Elf- Elfson, uh story of how I first met him. Okay. And uh, this, I think it was 2009, I was playing in the band Earshot. Yeah, yeah. And we were pulling through um, Arizona, I believe. And at the venue we were at, what would be Dave comes walking out. And I right away, I said to him, I'm like, hey, man, you know, who, you know who you look like? You look exactly like Dave Ellison. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, uh, yeah, it's because I am Dave Ellison. And I was like, oh, snap. I'm like, and we took a picture. I was trying to find the photo. I cannot find it anywhere. Right. Really, it must be on an older computer. I don't know. But well, you spent a week with him last week. You could have taken a picture then. Well, the only time I was up close. No, right. I did see him at Starbucks once and I didn't want I didn't bother him. And then right. I saw him right at the end when we were leaving. Everybody gets on buses. Right. To, to leave out of there. The artists had their own bus. DJ Will from KNAC yeah. Days. Everybody knows. Okay. Uh, he helped us get our bus. And uh, Dave was there. And again, I didn't talk to him. I just didn't, you know. Right. Bug him. Well, here, you could talk to him now. It is Mr. David Ellison. There he is. Hey, hey, how you doing, sir? What's happening, dude? We just played. Um, we just played to Helen back the single, and nice. my goodness, that's some heavy stuff. <laughs> I'd say it's going the right direction. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, first and foremost, man, welcome back, my friend. It's good to see you. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate and um, we were just talking, Eric and myself, and I don't know if you know Eric or not, but Eric is Stephen Piercy's guitar player. So, oh, I just saw you then. Well, right, you just, we were on the cruise. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good job, by the way. Very. I caught your show. It was super fun. I stood up on the upper deck back there and watched it. It was super good, man. I like oh. it, so. Thank yeah, you, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he was just telling us that he saw you in Starbucks, but what didn't want to come up and talk to you. <laughs> no, I didn't want to. I was just like, because I know how it is. It's because you're, 
a very iconic guy. And I mean, when I when I was thinking about you, I was thinking how awesome was it back in the day when MTV used your baseline for their yeah. news thing? Like that you had to thought that's when you arrived when they were like MTV news. You hear it ding 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 first. <laughs> so funny story about that. Two funny stories, right? So first First of all, I missed the whole thing because we were on tour. So I have no idea. People like you come up to me all the time. Go, oh my God, that bass line. I'm like, do they play it that much? I mean, you oh, know, yeah. we, we were on tour, right? So I, I missed all, every time I watch it, they've used the optional one, which is the little DJ scratch, right? right. Like MTV News, right? So, yeah. so I just figured that was what they always use. But people tell me all these years later, go, oh my God, it was on every day, all the time. And I remember the first time uh, I had heard it, me and, you know, me and Dave and Chris Poland had an apartment uh, together that we, you know, that we got, it was over in Silver Lake. And I remember I was, there's kind of the kitchen was open to the main room. We always had MTV on in the background and um, Chris was actually doing the dishes and there's like a Bowflex. Remember Bowflex? It was yeah, like yeah, rubber yeah. Band. yeah, we're, yeah. So I'm like kind of on the Bowflex. Gar used to come over with a cigarette in his mouth and lift weights on the Bowflex, you know. But uh, <laughs> not exactly the fitness guy, right? So, um, so uh, Chris, like you know, they, it, it plays. You know, you heard it here first, doo, 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 right? And Chris goes, "Was that our song?" Was that us? You know, like this moment. And I was like, I don't know. It goes by so quick. Right. So then the next time it comes up, it's the DJ scratch. It. Well, maybe it was just a one-off, you know, a freebie. <laughs> but, um, you know, then it turns out it was it was a thing. <laughs> so, you know, so well, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. You, you could have said hi at Starbucks. The only Probably the only not good time to catch me at Starbucks is like 7 a.m. When we're like, you know, everybody's kind of trying to right. get well, with we, the plan, you know. Our whole lives, you know what I mean? Like, they, the fans don't really know me all that well. Like, I put on a hat and no one recognized me. I put a San Diego baseball cap on. Yeah. yeah. No one came up to me. Only if I had the hat off did they yeah. notice me from the show or Piercy's band. That was yeah. it. Sure. Yeah. Good, good way to go incognito. You know, the first yeah. night I remember, uh, I went to bed pretty early. I was in bed by like 10 30. So I was up at, you know, seven in the morning and it was a ghost town. I mean, the night right. before it's rocking like a Vegas casino, you know, <laughs> next morning at 7 a.m. I was like, what did everybody jump overboard? Like, where is everybody? <laughs> it's I good mean, for us at was... Starbucks though. Cause no one was <laughs> in know, line, Starbucks right? Was... <laughs> I mean, come on. How awesome is it to have like a real Starbucks? <laughs> Not we probably brew, but like the real Starbucks, you yep. can use your app on your phone. I mean, mm -hmm. I was, just, I was in, I, that was like my office. I'm like, this is where I'm going to do just hang out. And it was just a great place to chill, you know? So I use Susan's gift cards because for the first three days, she thought she was acting like she was treating me to stuff, but she was, it was all getting billed to my card on oh. the room. So that was <laughs> that like a trick. way. Right. <laughs> so that old trick. So that was her way of kind of paying it back. She had a bunch of like Starbucks gift cards and they totally took those there. She just like yeah, screenshot great. them. And I took it in there, gave <laughs> it to the guy and he was making, her lattes. I just get regular coffees. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can yeah. I ask I'm the obvious American question? Guy, you know? Can I ask you, David, the obvious sure. question? Yeah. Why on the on the Monsters of Rock cruise are they not serving Ellison coffee? Well, you know, Larry Morand, who's the promoter, uh, he he, you know, just got Soto got me on the boat basically because we okay. did the sail away cruise sure. or the sail away party. Uh, which I was really happy about because you know Jeff and I put this album out last October, and I think it was just such a it was really kind of a crown jewel for me. I thought it was a really great record and sure. finally got to do something with Jeff. And then, you know, it turns out we're both busy with things. He's super busy with a bunch of stuff. And he was going right into Trans-Siberian Orchestra world. So that just kind of killed any 
real opportunity for us, you know, to go out and tour it. We, I had him, we were both in Europe uh, in September, it, like, I don't know, a month in advance of the record. And said, dude, let's just go down and play. My band, you know, our band is from Italy. So I said, let's just go bang out three shows down there to just kind of prop it up. And we realized people like the songs, even not knowing them, they, they, they were listenable, you know? Um, so when Jeff hit me early in the year and he said, Hey man, I, I think, um, I think we might have an opportunity to do something with, with the monsters rockers. It's great. I, cause Larry did the Megadeth cruise. So I, sure. I knew him from there. I've never done a monsters of rock cruise. Okay. Um, I've done a ton of, you know, ship rocks. Uh, they also did the motorboat cruise and stuff like that. So I've done a lot of work with them and, um, and all of the cruises are great. I mean, and I, I, I love them, you know? And, um, so to do one, another one with Larry was great. And he mentioned, he goes, you know, I don't know, we'll, we'll kind of figure something out. Maybe there'll be a coffee thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so honestly, it was easier just to show up and play bass. <laughs> and, you know, cause once you start doing the coffee thing and all the events, it's like, now you gotta be that guy. And, and, um, and you know, how, how do you then go drink Starbucks and have your coffee? It's, you know, now you're like, sort of cheating on yourself, you know? So, uh, it was, it was easier to just let Starbucks handle the coffee and I'll, I'll do, I'll handle base when needed, you know? Right on. Well, well, man, um, you know, you, you, you said you had a great time on the cruise and we've been talking pretty much all night about the cruise. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, you're probably the most famous guy on the cruise. I, I mean, well, it depends I mean, on who you ask, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, just going through the lineup, I mean, maybe, Nuno Betancourt or Gary sure. because of the Van Halen tie, but you know, you're, you, if you're not the most famous, you're one of the top three most famous guys. Did you even know that they had a basketball thing up there where Nuno like hurt himself? I did not. And you know, Pat Badger has been a friend of mine, you know, sure. the bass players, we kind of hang right. And right. I know, Nuno. you know, it's funny. I have a great Nuno story. So on countdown to extinction, right. We're, we're bands getting big. We're try, starting to move into the arenas and we we're going to play the Worcester, uh, the Centrum, which is an arena, right? Sure. And, it, and it ended up being sold out. And I get this phone call in my hotel room. And, you know, we always check in under fake names, you know. I was like Graham Cracker or some some fake <laughs> name like that, right? right. And um, so the phone rings, and I'm like, hello. And there's pre-cell phones, right? So it's the, the landline in the room. I go, hello. And, and this really deep voice goes, hi, uh, David. I said, yeah. Hey, it's Nuno Betancourt. So we're in Boston area. Right. I'm like, Wow, this is cool. He goes, yeah, I talked to your management and they gave me your number. So they said just to call you directly. I'm looking for some tickets, you know, to the show. And he's giving me this whole rap. I'm kind of going, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, I, I knew of Nuno, of course. And um, so I give him tickets. And then, you know, I'm, after the show, I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if he's going to be in the meet and greet. And, you know, he's a no-show. And I realized I just got punked. Like, this is some fan calling and got, I gave him free. You know, I put it, you know, because one of these, well, don't put them under my name. Put them under my, you know, my manager, you know, Joe Schmo, right? So mm -hmm. I, I do that. It's, so it's so funny. I, 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 I was, it's funny. I almost like had a resentment toward him, like toward Nuno. Like, he did nothing. You know, it's like when you have a dream and, and about somebody and they're a real dick to you in yep. your dream and you kind of resentment toward him. Like, fuck that guy, you know? And it's like, they had no idea. So, uh, but I told Nuno that story. Um, I did a mon uh, rock and roll fantasy camp tour uh, where we were the opening band on a, uh, and then the, the, the tour was extreme as the headliner in King's X. Right. And right. so I, t I told Nuno, I said, man, I got to tell you this story. You know, we had a good laugh. It was funny, you know? So it was, uh, 
Um, so that's my Nuno Betancourt story, which which Bravo. didn't involve him at all, actually. So, uh, <laughs> Completely hypothetical douche, story. Some nice. douchebag name dropping him and scamming free tickets out of him. You know? <laughs> Too but, funny. But whoever it was, at least they went to a sold out show. Well, but, at least they got a good show. That's all that matters. Yeah. Even if you know, better better that it was like two more seats filled. I guess right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Could have sold those tickets. That's then, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh-huh. well, dude, uh, let, let me swing it back to the boat, man, and. and and back to where where I was going with the being one of the most famous and certainly most recognizable guys on the boat. Can you have fun just roaming around the boat, or do you really get just swamped? Like I, I just imagine guys like yourself, Stephen Piercy, you know, guys that were that are famous, a but were definitely on MTV a lot. Right. You know, I can imagine every single person wants to tell you. You know, there was that time and there was that Megadeth song on the radio and that's when yeah. I met. So, you know, everybody has that story. Could you walk yeah. around the boat and enjoy yourself or? or- I, I could. And it's probably just for some reason I've been blessed with the disposition that I can do that. You know, because okay. I know, you know, there are some that cannot do that and won't do that. And, you know, it's, it's security, it's an entourage, and, which in itself makes a scene, right? And then yeah, people right. go, oh, I wonder who that is, right? And mm-hmm. then that gravitates toward themselves, all this attention that they really don't want. But God forbid that, you know, part of it, I think, is, God, what happens if you leave your room and no one recognizes you, you know? Right. That's almost a bigger blow to that guy's ego. Like, you know, so let me make a big stink, walk through and just be an asshole to everyone. Like, you can't touch me. And then after you do it, then you kind of turn around and, you know, that person you for sure is going to feel kind of shitty. Like, oh, my God, there were just nice fans wanting my autograph, you know. So, you know, we see this at NAM. We see that these at these public appearances. And it's like, right. and, and and some people, you know, for whatever reason, you know, I saw Vinnie Paul one year at NAM, not mm-hmm. long after Dime had left us. Yeah, there's an obvious reason why he would want to have, you know, security and, and sure. have a be insulated, right? For the obvious reason. But otherwise, to just sort of, you know, draw this attention to yourself, um, you know, like I, I leave my room every day and, and my cabin on the boat. And I, you know, look, I, I'm prepared to go out and basically know I'm going to have a 12 hour meet and greet in front of me. You know, right. I'm going to walk down to the, get a pizza and it's going to be some autographs and some, uh, you know, you know, photos and stuff. So I just kind of brace for it, you know, and I, and I know that's kind of my role, you know, it's like if, you know, when you get on the boat, be prepared to, I mean, I don't like to sit in my cabin and just watch the waves go by. I'd rather be out where the action is, where the people is. And quite honestly, after I did my gig, uh, uh, was it Friday night, the night before the cruise left, I was like, all right, that's, that's kind of one thing done. I knew I was going to jam in the rare hair jam. Um, I got asked by Izzy Presley to be part of the Aerosmith jam where you were like the famous people sit in kind of unannounced with the, right. With sure. The, yeah. With the, the, you know, the cruiser participants who the are VIP part of the guests. Scene. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of this fun, kind of a rock and roll fantasy camp kind of moment, you know what I mean? And, um, and I saw a message from someone who was in the band and they were super thrilled. And so, you know, that's, you know, that's what we do, right? We make people happy. We, we give them that moments that they, they can't get anywhere else. And it's, right. it's an exclusive moment like that. So, you know, I don't, I kind of look at it like at this point in my life, that's kind of, kind of what I do now. You know, sure. it's, it's, people are safe though. They have yeah, uh, passports. People's and world, you know? These people all have passports and stuff. Like they don't have any felonies and, 
like to get on the boat, I don't think you have to worry about anybody on there yeah. as opposed to like some rural club out in the middle of nowhere where people they're, yeah. not, they're barely even checking to see if they have weapons or anything. Yeah, right. Well, and you know, I only saw one guy on the whole boat. I only saw one guy sort of losing his cookies into a garbage can over by the bar. <laughs> you know, only one guy who got a little too hammered. And uh, but other than that, you know, it's funny watching kicks. And I, I, I'd always wanted to see them. I've been a big fan. The uh, Midnight Dynamite record was my my record, you know, of theirs. Sure. And um, and so I was so happy to see him. And and um, and Brian, the guitar player, has become a friend of mine. And, and um and you know even even uh you know steve the singer was saying you know on the boat like don't don't fight don't be an asshole be cool you know like he's kind of like making the public announcement and he's he's an iconic guy in that world and sure so when he says don't be a dick and don't get in a fight and keep your shit together like people listen like oh okay i guess all right, all right. we'll do that you know as opposed to the old days when we're all young and it's like you know fuck that guy get fight you know drunk you know and and um you know, so I, th- I think, look, the people who can afford to go on cruises are 40s and 50s and 60-year-olds, and they're kind of over that anyway. Right, right. So it's, it's, it's you know, it's kind of grown-up time, but yet, you know, people go harken back to their, their day. And for me personally, I was a fan of – I wanted to see Stephen play, you know, Stephen Piercy. I wanted to see Kicks. I wanted to see Winger. Um, you know, there's some un – so for me, it was fan time as well. Right. You know, see my friends who I grew up with and see their, them play and – um you know, there's a couple of, you know, real kind of crown jewel moments. I think the one that blew my mind, I was hanging with Will Hunt and his wife. Mm-hmm. And Will's a drummer. He uh, played for us. Plays for Piercy. He, he oh, yeah, plays for you guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Played for you guys. Plays with Evanescence. It's kind of his right. day job right now. And he and his wife, we're at the bar opposite of uh, Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And you know, Eric, where that is, right? So, yeah. uh, um, and and she's going on and on about uh, about this band wigwam i said yeah i saw that i said who are they and like, oh my god peace peacekeeper peacemaker whatever the there's a show on hbo and they used this wigwam song which is right. sort of relaunched them huh. um and they're a band out of norway kind of like a, a 90s band but kind of a throwback to mm-hmm. the you know kind of to me they kind of had a little bit of a sound of like europe right the band europe sure um, like that great guitar player, the singer kind of had a little Nikki six in him, which I thought was kind of cool. But, and I went, we went and saw him. I was like, this band is really friggin' good, man. And, and, you know, in America, we just kind of never, we kind of missed them. You know, they weren't a right. thing here. Um, while, you know, all the other stuff was going on around us, but you know, that was a really enjoyable moment. I went and saw him twice. Actually. I, I loved them. And, um, Taiketo I thought was great. And I certainly have known of them. Our friend Greg Smith was playing bass for him, and uh, um, Danny Vaughn, the singer, had sat in on a jam that I did with Joel Hoekstra. It's Joel's Hangover Jam, um, and uh, and I tell you, man, they were great. Danny has really taken care of himself. His voice is fantastic. He was a really good storyteller uh, in his songs, and um, so that was cool. And then to see Chris Holmes, I thought that was a good one. I haven't seen. Last time I saw Chris Holmes, you know, Megadeth was one of the fluff bands to help bring the people in to fill the arena for the Rockstar movie. I don't know if you knew this or right. not. Right, right, right. Mark Wahlberg movie. That right? was on so the, we, when I was on the ship. We watched it. It was on uh, it the second or third night we were on there. Yep. 
Yep. So we, we went to L.A. to go perform there on the stage and we were advertised on the radio. Megadeth appearing at the, you know, the arena, sports arena, I think. So we played there. And the um, that was the last time I'd seen Chris Holmes and he was really skinny, not not healthy. Um, and, um, he was always, he and I always got along well and, and, you know, and it's funny him and Robin Crosby, they kind of reminded me of each other. Cause they look kinda, similar. Yeah. Tall, these tall, mm-hmm. really domineering guys. And of course right. they were really kind of iconic guys in the sound of their bands, of course. Um, and so it was just great to see Chris and, you know, he's kind of got this fun self-deprecating humor. He doesn't take himself so seriously. He's, right. he's been through some shit. You know? When he but, plays, so. he's got that heavy metal soul and he has that tone. It's like a little bit of chorus or whatever he puts on it yeah. and you know, it's him. It just takes you back yeah. to wasp live in the raw and it's <laughs> sick. And he was having so much fun at this, you yeah. know, he, and it was great to see him so much healthier and starting to bounce around and he he could i would love to see him back with wasp i think that has to happen yeah and i don't know that that'll happen and i tell you what how about his you know he had this guitar player and bass player from some group out of uh, the uk Uh, and that singer man that guy that guy sang the blackie stuff great i mean it was really really good and then chris would sing his own stuff you know from his from his records and uh you know, so I thought those were, you know, a couple of highlight moments. Shiraz Lane, who was another band, I think, out of Finland, um, okay. who, you know, look like an 80s Sunset Strip band, but are uh, young Finnish guys, and they, sure. they freaking have great songs. You know, it's nice when you hear a song, see a band that you've never seen or heard, and, and, and you stay because every song is really enjoyable, <laughs> and you, know, you can you can latch on to what it is, and... Uh, um, and I'd say for me, probably the other one was Vandenberg because, you know, before Adrian joined Whitesnake, which is probably where most people know him from, I knew I had that at Vandenberg, that first Vandenberg record that came out in 1982. And, and they came through town or they, nearby me in Minnesota, where I grew up before I moved to L.A. In 83, they played uh, the Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota. There's an arena there. And Ozzy was there. Jakey e. Lee had just joined Ozzy and okay. Vandenberg was the opener. And it was so, I was so cool, man. I was, I told Adrian, I go, dude, how freaking cool, man. Come on, you're back. Is Adrian Mandenberg, you know, right. the logo is iconic. So, um, you know, just George Lynch was great. You know, it was just fun to just sit there and be a fan and, and just, you know, listen to, you know, River of Love and all the, all right. the great freaking George the Lynch mob songs, you know? Hell yeah. Well, it sounds like you had a fun time there, man, but I'm going to change directions a little bit here. I'm going to go to your actual musical project that you're promoting right now, mm-hmm. which God knows it seems like every month there's a different David Ellison musical project, but we just finished the, what, the Kings of Thrash, I guess, and now right. now we're up to Deeth, and I'm going to, it's Deeth, right? I'm saying it right? Well, if you're German, it's Deeth. If you're American, it's Dieth. So yeah. I, it, it's Dieth is really the name. Is of it Dieth? Yeah, yeah. Is that? A, I'm saying a, that because in German, you know, it's the I before the E, the E before the I, right? And right. the uh, and the, it, it sounds opposite. Dieth sounds but, cooler. Dieth. Yeah. It's well, see, Dieth. The last, yeah. The last time I had you on, you told me it was Deeth. <laughs> I did. You no, did. There's no you way. Did. That you did, and, 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 I've been, and I've been arguing with everybody. It's Deeth, and they're like, no, it's not. I'm like, no, it's Dieth. Yeah, Maybe whatever. I just showed you the courtesy because you said it wrong, and I didn't Probably. want to you know, correct you on the air. You know? I know. <laughs> probably, probably did. But I, I will say this. This record fucking kills. 
my goodness, is this thing heavy and brutal and everything I really did not expect, especially just because of the, the Ellison Soto record, which, sure. you know, I, I just kind of thought you were going that more that direction. Yeah. This thing is an ass kicker, man. Well, I appreciate it. You know, as you've known me, um, you know, with the Lucid is a, is a sort of a pillar. And then there's sure. the Ellison Soto at stuff. And then there's Kings of Thrash and then there's Diet, you know. So it's kind of like those are the four corners of my house, <laughs> right. um, my musical house. And, you know, the truth of it is I learned years ago, especially in the late 90s, the Megadeth Risk album, I think, was the best example that, um, you know, you can't do everything you want under one brand, you know, and mm -hmm. now that I'm essentially a free agent, you know, so to speak, um, I, you know, I find it better to just be very focused on a sound and a thing within each setting. Right. Okay. And don't try to do it all under one umbrella. I think it's confusing. You know, people, mm -hmm. I mean, like think about any product, you know, you buy anything, whatever it is, a Chevrolet, a Mr. Coffee, whatever you expect certain feature sets and certain things right around whatever that is you're buying. Right. So same is true with, with bands and the sort of the branding of the name, you know, when, um, and I think with the diet record, what we were able to do is not just make it a one dimensional death metal record, you know, okay. um, as much as it started there, even the very first song we put out in the hall of the hanging serpents, it's heavy. Of course, it's got super, you know, uh, heavy vocals and that, but there's a melody to it, you know, and there's a clear verse and a chorus and a solo section, and it, it's written as a real song, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so we we did that with this album, and I don't know if you've heard the whole thing. I, don't I know have. Paul has sent you the, mm -hmm. you know, there's 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 a, a ballad on it that I sing, you know. So I just figured, you know what, fuck it, man, let's put our sweet child of mine on this record right out of the gate. It works <laughs> right. for Guns and Roses, you know. Why wait till album three? You know, just fucking widen the gate and put it all on there now. So, um, and, I, and I wasn't expecting to sing on it at all. It's just that I submitted some stuff and those guys were like, dude, you're singing. I'm like, all right. And, it, you know, I've read the Kiss books and I'm, you know, reading about Ace Fraley. He'd write songs and he didn't want to sing. So he'd have Gene and Paul or Peter or somebody sing his songs, you know, Cold Gin and all these huge songs. And finally, they just said, no, you're, you're going to sing your shit now. You know, and thank God they did. And he did shock me, right? And that, yeah. you know, that allowed Ace to be the Ace we know today. He's out. He's, look, he'll be on Monsters Rock Cruise next year. But now he can go out as Ace Fraley. Same with Chris Holmes. He's singing sure. now. He's doing his own stuff. So, um, you know, and I've sung some stuff when I've gone out solo. But now to be committed to it, you know, in a, in a recording setting is is good. And, and um, I think that, you know, my, I used to be a tenor. You know, he's kind of be that Michael Anthony high tenor. And as right. over the years, my voice has dropped. Now I'm clearly a baritone. So uh, I think the tuning of the band sits well with my, my register and my range. And, and it's, um, you know, it, it all kind of just all lined up. So Yeah. Well, it is the curveball in the listen. When you're listening to the record and all of a sudden, I mean, it's going 100 miles an hour. And then what's yeah. that? It's called what? Walk With Me Forever, right? Is the, Walk With Me Forever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. is the... Yeah. Cause it's all of a sudden it's a true ballad. It's not a, it is. it's it not is. a death metal ballad, whatever that would be. Oh. It's a, it is a true, you're like going a hundred miles an hour and all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> whoa. Check you know? this out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and, and that's one of the cool things about this record. Like I wouldn't even call this death metal personally. I, I don't, I, I, mean, I, agree. I agree. It's more, it's definitely extreme metal, but it's def it's, 
it's not the full on, you know, it's not, it could be because obviously the guys that you're playing with are, are well-skilled in that, but yeah, I, what well, I here, like, here's an interesting okay. thing that I've noticed. So these guys, Mihal, the drummer from Decapitated, Guilherme, uh, guitarist from Entombed AD. So these guys certainly grew up on my music, right? Mm-hmm. I get a Russian piece in the 90s sure. stuff because of their age. That's when they started listening to music. So here I am coming into their world, which is way more extreme, way right. heavier, different tunings. And I had some experience with it working with Max Cavalera with Soulfly. Sure. Um, I've I've had bands and done things with uh, Andreas Kisser, um, more cover band kind of stuff. So not you know too much of like Sepultura kind of stuff with him. But I, I did do some stuff. I actually did play in a Sepultura, um, the kind of a, a I forgot what song it was. Uh, it was something they did a couple of years ago. They asked me to play. It was kind of a sort of a celebration of some Sepultura stuff. So. I'm familiar with it. I, I'm familiar with kind of their their chord figures and you know no choices and stuff in their riffs. Um, but I got to be honest with you, Chris. I I'm the new guy in this world. As much <laughs> as I'm kind of the old guard and the sort of right. the older statement of it, I'm like the new guy. So I quite honestly am the student of this okay. music, you know. And it's it's been really good for me to just you know again broaden my horizons and. And um, and just be teachable and, you know, to learn what they're doing and how they're doing it um, and and open myself up into into their world, you know, and yeah. we do all of our work over in Europe. We do everything in Poland and we, we, we cut a lot of the record in Germany uh, with uh, Christian Kole as producer. Sure. Um, so, you know, it, and I think it needs that it, it, this is not, we don't come over here and go to the beach in California and make a record like that. You know, right. I think it needs this, it needs this sort of dark clouds in the sky and, you know, oh, yeah. um, it, it needs that. So it's, you know, so you want to go to I'm, Chris's I'm, house to make it, you want to go to where Chris lives. Yeah. Yeah. As yeah, you can see, I, I, I do live in California. House, I guess, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. Well, look, I live in Arizona. The sun's still out. It's like a blue, not a cloud in the sky. You know, so <laughs> you don't make great, like, records like this i think in the sun right yeah you need norway or poland or somewhere like that that's just exactly. frigid and cold and ugh. But cold, dark and yeah exactly i i do want to say this though about this record and again people are going to hear it here june 2nd is when it actually comes out and when people can hear the whole thing you've released a few songs but you haven't released like to me the song to be released and not that i'm criticizing or anything but the, the song that I think identifies the most with the record that tells people that it is just not straight a million miles an hour is free us all because mm-hmm. it, it goes with that harsh vocal, but then there's the clean vocal and then it, you know, then it switches back again. And it, it's, it's such a cool song is it's one of the best, extreme songs i've heard this year man it's really really strong you know thank you for saying that and, and it's funny a lot of people i've been doing a lot of the press now you know ahead of the record a lot of people have brought that song up because that toward the end there's like this almond brothers yeah thing. it kind of starts out with this this swing groove and this walking bass line and then there's this kind of aerosmith sweet emotion based vibe that i copped on it and at the end it's like you know um in memory of elizabeth whatever, you know, it's uh, the Almond Brothers song. Right. So it's kind of like got all this stuff. And you're right, me and Glare may take turns on the vocals. He sings most of it, but I do the clean parts. And and, um, and it's, you know, which, which you know, we kind of throw it all in. And um, 
And it's, it, you know, it's fun to do that because, again, we're of different ages. We've got different experiences musically. Um, and then to bring all that together. And, and you know what? Honestly, I guess maybe it's because we're a three-piece, too. It helps, you know, sure. that it's a lot easier to kind of – we can be more nimble and move around on things and, you know, support each other with our ideas, you know, to bring something like that in. Uh, I, I've had my experiences having to expand the horizons in the nineties with Megadeth, you know, we mm -hmm. came from rust and peace and by the end of the, by the end of the decade, we were making risk, you know? So, I mean, I've gone, <laughs> I've gone the gamut, you know, with managers and label people and producers, you know, putting us and me through the ringer of, uh, you know, you know, broadening horizons and, and making those kind of records. So for me, when people bring in, uh, deviations, as long as it's kind of within the confines of, of what we're doing, I, I'm all for it, man. I, I think it makes for a better listening experience. And, right you know, the record to Helen back obviously has a, a fitting title. Uh, <laughs> all three, you know, all three of us have gone through some shit, but as, 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 as everybody, you know, everybody's gone through shit. Of course. You know? and, and so I think the title's pretty universal. Um, and, you know, it, it encompasses, it's a it's a story you know it, it's it's really we didn't set out to make a concept record but in a weird kind of way it it kind of turned out to be at least it's a journey you know mm -hmm. and um and so uh yeah i'm looking forward to people for people to hear it, it it's sure. it's it seems to be something people are are definitely intrigued about uh, it's it, i mean it's crazy good and i'm not just I know we're friends and all, but you know me well enough to tell you, I would tell you I don't like it. You know? Yeah, or you wouldn't be talking about it at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I'd be like, oh, so what are you working on after this? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, that record, I forgot yeah. all about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, so with this, I mean, these guys are obviously in Poland. Any kind of ability to tour, even if it's touring Europe and not here or yeah, we're doing dates. Uh, we actually have some dates, second week of uh, June, then we go right into the Grass Pop Festival. Okay. And uh, we've got uh, some dates in the Czech Republic, France, Portugal. So it's, you know, but it's just with the, the timing of when the record's coming out, sort of missed the booking deadlines for a lot of the festivals. But, sure. you know, this first album was just, you know, it's just propping it up, giving the presentation of what the band is, what we sound like. And it seems like every time we put a video out, we get more offers for more shows, you know, people right. are like, Oh my God, this sounds amazing. And we weren't even aware of this. So, you know, part of this is kind of this initial awareness campaign, you know, with this first record to put it up and, uh, and, um, you know, we're, we're excited about, you know, getting, you know, writing more stuff. We've already, it, it's, it's a band that seems to go in these really fun, creative spurts where all of a sudden a new dose of songs come out, you right. know, a new batch of stuff. So, um, and now as we're performing together, we've already done some rehearsals, um, but we're going to obviously rehearse in early June. Um, you know, being in the room together after you've made a record, uh, Eric, you probably can attest to this too. You know, when you, when you're putting songs together, you're one band, when you've gone through the studio process, it creates another band. It raises the bar. It, the parts are now created. They're forever set in stone as a recorded piece of music. Um, and you commit to those parts and then you, you, you know, you take those, you take those parts now and you, you, that basically molds you into becoming the band that the people will see. And That's right. what I've, what I've found is that it's, you know, there's kind of, there's a little bit of this kind of stoner doom thing in, in the, in the sound of the band when we're together. 
that I was not expecting and I think is very cool. Um, and that's just, again, that's just the three of us in a small room, you know, jamming through stuff. And I'm kind of going, wow, there's this kind of additional element that I, it sort of came out in the room that I, I didn't hear it as much in the, in the, in the studio, but I'm hearing it um, as we're playing together. So, um, you know, people have asked us like, what kind of music is it? And we've just sort of done this hashtag. We are diet. Uh, right this that's what we are you know yep. <laughs> and um that's what it is we're dying that's absolutely it. now dude i i just gotta ask you one last one before i let you go um and it has nothing to do with the band necessarily but it's when you texted me last night you texted me the um monsters of rock follow-up video to yeah, to yeah. put on the socials and yeah. at the exact moment that you texted me i'm i'm watching the wwe pay-per-view and on it was that guy bad bunny the the yeah. rapper guy or, yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. you call him. Yeah, yeah. And he made me think of you in the fact that this guy has, you know, three Grammys. He headlines Coachella. He, he's done, you know, he's a music superstar and he's sure. done what there is to do. But yet he's out there risking his life doing this WWE <laughs> jumping around and going crazy. <laughs> now, I'm not saying you're risking your life. But you're at a point in your in your life where you don't need to be doing 14 bands and coffee and movies and all of these different projects. What is it that keeps you doing this stuff? Is it just the love of the game? Or, or? I mean, honestly, I could retire, you know, and even today I sat around after I woke up and did press all morning, I sat around on my couch and watched Netflix and go. I should probably just fucking retire. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> why do I keep doing this? But, you know, then I'm like, I got to jump on the horn with Chris Aiken tonight. And uh, <laughs> here we are, you know. And, right. And it's, um, you know, you see me. I'm lit up, man. I'm excited, you know. Yeah. And, and Eric, right, we're on the boat. We're in the mixed mix of stuff that's happening. Music's around us. The people are excited. And to be honest with you, you know, I think it's funny. When we were on the Megadeth cruise, Kiko uh, had pointed out, he goes, you know, I'm fed by this stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a life force to me, you know? Sure. And, and now, uh, you know, we're all put on the planet for our various vocations and skills and things that, you know, the creator gave us, you know? And it's like, I think when you turn that faucet off, that's the beginning of dying. Right. You know, I think that's, you know, and, and, you know, we live in a different world where we don't work 30 years, get the golden watch and then we go play golf forever. You know, at least that's not the world mm-hmm. I grew up in. And, um, so for me, if I, you know, if I stop doing music, like what the hell else am I going to do? You know? And it doesn't mean that I got always, I guess, probably even play professionally and, you know, do all this kind of stuff. But, you know, I just, I love doing it, you know? And, and all my friends that I grew up with are, you know, they're, they're also famous because they had success, you mm-hmm. know? And so when I call them to play on something, they probably have a, you know, a pretty good track record. And so, you know, that I guess the one thing is people, Oh, a new super group. It's like, it's not a fucking super group. I called Frank Bellow cause he writes really good songs and I like him. So we make a band together, you know, right. um, metal allegiance, you know, we call Skolnick and Portnoy and Maggie cause like we know each other, we're friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all famous in their bands, but like we hang out and, you know, plug in and start writing tunes the same way we did in our garage bands when all of us were, were kids, you know? Right. So, I think there's, I like being around people that have not lost that love of music, the love of, I don't know, let's plug in and see what we can do. And once we start feeling it, it's like, we think about, okay, which record company are we going to call? All right, let's get an agent. Let's get a manager. Let's go. Ah, you know, and I think, 
I've always been that guy in every band I've been in. I've been that guy that made those calls and sort of put it all together. And, you know, so, you know, I, I'm not doing this going, God, I hope one of these takes me to the top again. Fuck, I've already been to the top. You know, got the Grammy over here. I'm good, you know. And right. it's not, it's really is not about that at, at all for me. It's just about, I just love doing it, man. I just, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not that good at golf. You know, so <laughs> may as well do this. <laughs> nice. nice. Well, you're doing it well with the new record called Dieth. Uh, to Hell and Back is the record. It is June the 2nd that it comes out. And, uh, David, where should we tell people to go to uh, keep up with you or Dieth or Lucid or? Sure. I mean, like, davidellison.com is kind of the central headquarters where it all is. You know, Facebook is same thing slash David Ellison or however they do that um same with instagram and that so um and then you know obviously every band's got its own thing kings of thrash.com diethband.com blah 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 you know right you know just just do a fucking google search there you go there. google that's your home page <laughs> google me <laughs> yeah just google me just google me exactly <laughs> yeah. well dude i figured we'd wrap up with uh don't get mad get get even it's um yeah. Great. it's another another pounder in the in the head with a sledgehammer but um one more time, last time, Dieth to Hell and Back, out June 2nd. Make sure you buy it. Don't just stream it, people. For God's sakes, buy it. David went to Poland to record it, for God's sakes. <laughs> Hook him up with a dollar or two by buying the record, all right? <laughs> and, yes, and it's expensive. Yeah, that's exactly. right. And plane <laughs> tickets and everything else. So. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Pierogies and everything exactly. else. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to end with Don't Get Mad, Get Even. And uh, David, as always, man, it's a pleasure having you right here on Chris Aker Presents. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Good to see you, Eric. Uh, All right, bro. It. Take care, man. See you, man.